All right, our scripture reading for today is found, our first scripture reading is found in Acts chapter 20, verses 17 to 35. Now from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of, of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from, the house, and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I, didn't, I, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I do not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among you and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the, world of his, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel, you yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading and the, the basis of the message today is found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has exalt, highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we're continuing this sermon series, A Christ in Culture, and, and how we live as Christians in the world. That As pastors, we've been talking about this series and saying this could, could go on forever. This whole idea of how do we live out our Christian faith each and every day in the world. And as we come and gather around God's word, how is it informing us and, and strengthening us in our lives to see how this is, this is not just something we come and we do and then we kind of leave it behind and for six days we're somebody else and do our thing and then we come back for one day of the week and it's really, how is this integrated? How is this really a part of all that, of who we are? And today we're talking about who is first? Who is first in your life? This is really important when you think about how this, how this makes you live out your life. What are you prioritizing? And who are you prioritizing? Now, if you're going to answer this question this weekend, especially kids out there, I want to give you a little hint. Who's first in your life is mom. It's Mother's Day weekend, and so moms are going to be first. And I think moms are a great example of what we're talking about today about being selfless, about not putting ourselves first, but putting those around us first. And what better example throughout nature, but especially in humanity, how moms are self-sacrificing. And we praise God, we thank God for moms today. Jesus, even himself, uh, referenced mother hens. And he said, I, I just want to gather my people together like a mother hen gathers her, um, her flock around her. So the idea of of Putting others first is what Paul is talking about in the book of Philippians today. And we're going to be kind of breaking down that, that passage from Philippians chapter 2. And it, our, our text started with, chap, with verse 3. But I want to back up just a little bit to the beginning of this chapter so that we can kind of set the groundwork, the ground that, that Paul is coming at this idea of putting others first. And so first what he does is he asks have you had any encouragement in Christ? This is the kind of the, the groundwork to say, first of all, what have you experienced? What, is, what has been your um, uh, takeaway from being a part of the family of Christ? And he's speaking to a family of Christians here, all right? And he says, you've been a part of this family, a part of this community. Do you, do you experience what it means to be a part of this family? Have you have you thought about what Christ has done for you and how have you experienced that through the community? Have you experienced any comfort from the love of Jesus Christ? Have you experienced any affection? Have you experienced any sympathy from Christ? I want you to think about that for a moment. How your Christian faith and your Christian community, Christian family has had an impact in your life. And I want you to think about it, and I want you to turn to somebody around you and say one way that you've experienced how you have experienced the love of Christ, how you've experienced the affection of Christ, sympathy, comfort. Take a moment and just share with the people that you're, ta that you're sitting with today how you've experienced that. And go. I'm probably pushing your boundaries because it, it sounds like people don't think it's okay to talk in church. 
We're dealing with first century Christians here that, that I, I guarantee you that their church services that Paul was going to were not quiet. I guarantee there was interaction, people were talking, because that's really what it is about coming together around the word is you're a family. Whether you realize it or not, this is a family that is an eternal family. And Paul is saying, you are experiencing something and you can experience something through this family that you can get nowhere else. Do you realize the love that is in this group because of what Jesus Christ has done for us? That's what Paul is saying first. He says, do you see what you can experience? And he says, and then he kind of goes with an if-then statement. If this is what you've experienced, if this is what you know, then, and that goes to his second part, then live like you are a part of a family. Then live like, like you know what it is to experience that love in your life. We are a part of a family, the family of Christ. You see, these things are a part of our culture. Experiencing the, the assurance that God loves us no matter what. There is nothing that you can do that can separate you from God's love. There is no sin so great that God will say, okay, never mind, that's it. I'm done with you. We see it over and over in scripture. We see it over and over with God's people in the Old Testament. No matter what they do, turning away from him, his love never ceases. And so we're a part of a family that can experience that together. And so Paul says, if you've experienced that, then live like it. And he said, this will complete my joy. You see, Paul wants everybody to experience what he had experienced. Now think about Paul. Paul had been condemning Christians, had been hunting down Christians. He had been, he had been condoning their death. And then Jesus comes to him and says, why are you persecuting me? I want you to go out and share my love for, for all people. Even you, Paul, even somebody that went out and was killing Christians. Paul had experienced the depth of God's love. And he wanted other people to experience that. And so he says, I want you to, to complete my joy. This is what brings him joy. He's passing on the message of this kingdom that Jesus has come to bring. Encouragement, comfort, affection, sympathy, the love of Christ. This is what Paul experienced and he wanted others to experience. And so he wants believers to have the same mind, the same mind of Christ, having the same love that he had experienced. You see, this is who we are because this is what we've experienced. This is what we are to share among us. So what does it look like then to practice that? What does it look like to share this love? Well, it means that we don't put ourselves first. That's the opposite of love. We don't try to compete with one another. We don't have rivalries against one another, but rather we are humble before each other. We don't only look out for ourselves, but we look out for the good of our family. And and this, is, this does not mean that we don't look out for ourselves because the best way for us to care for others is to care for ourselves as well, but we don't put ourselves before others. When the air masks drop down in the airplane, it's never happened to me, but they always you know, warn you it's going to happen sometime, might happen, but what do they always tell you to do if you're traveling with somebody smaller or somebody who can't put on a mask? When they drop down, whose do you put on first? 
you put on your own first because you can't really fully help somebody else if you're scrambling for breath. Then both of you are, are out of breath because you're trying to, so help yourself, help the other person, okay? It's similar that we are to care for ourselves. God cares for you. He cares for your health. He cares for you mentally, spiritually, physically. God wants you to be the best you can be, not for yourself, but for others. And so Paul says, don't only look out for yourself. He doesn't say don't look out for yourself. He says don't only look out for yourself, but also look out for others, for the good of the family, because we all have a part to play. It's all important. And so if my neighbor is looking out for me and I'm looking out for my neighbor, what a beautiful relationship that would be. It's like marriage. What a beautiful picture of marriage when the husband is not looking out for his own, but he's looking out for his wife all the time. He's putting his wife first. And if the wife is not looking out for herself, but she's always putting her husband first, what a beautiful relationship that is. And that's the kind of relationship that God has with us. And he wants us to have that same relationship with each other. And then Paul, Paul gives the children's message question and say, who is the greatest example of this? And every children's message, the best answer is always what? Jesus, that's right. Jesus, he says, Christ is the greatest example of this humility through his love and sacrifice of others. You see, if anyone has reason to be exalted and held in the highest esteem, it was Jesus. He was the one that was worthy. We sang about that in the song just a moment ago. In the book of Revelation, they're looking for anybody that's worthy to open the seals and and read the scrolls. Is anybody worthy? There was only one. Only Jesus is worthy of all praise and honor and glory because all of us are sinful. But in humanity, this is backwards and confusing for us because we see Jesus not while he was on earth on some throne. We don't see him getting all glory and and all that he deserved. No, Jesus actually humbled himself. He humbled himself all the way to the point of death on a cross. He was there that we most clearly see the work of Jesus Christ. I mean, even on the night when he was betrayed, he knew what was going to happen to him. He was about to go to the cross. What does he do? bends down and washes his disciples' feet, the lowest of the low jobs. You just don't do that. But Jesus demonstrated that he wasn't there for himself. He was there for his disciples. And he said, I've given you an example of what you are to do. You are to put others first. And because of that, then God exalted him. Because of that, now Jesus is exalted in heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, In pictures of Revelation, we see that all people are bowed down before him, saying, holy, holy, holy. There are some books out there about people going to heaven, and um, I'm not going to question whether they're true or not, but the pictures that we see in heaven, people aren't walking around talking to each other. They're all face down before the throne of the Lamb, because God is there in all his glory. Jesus is there. You don't care if somebody else is what next to you because Jesus is right there. He's the one that deserves our honor and praise. And so Paul is saying, as people of God, see what Jesus has done for you and model that because God has exalted him to heaven because of what he's done. 
And he is the one now that we gather together. We gather together today. We gather together each week to give our praise and honor to the one who deserves it because what he's done for us. And Paul says, because of what God has done for you, go out and share that. Live it out in your life. Don't let it just be what happens here on Saturday evening or what happens on Sunday morning. But this is who you are as the people of God, people who have been redeemed, people who have been welcomed in spite of our sin by a God who loves you completely. And he says, now, go be an encouragement to others. Put others first because of what Christ has done for you. Encourage one another. Let others know what God has also done for them. Make my joy complete, Paul says, by celebrating that. So brothers and sisters, my prayer for you this day is that we might recognize the goodness of our God, that we might see what he's done for us, and that we might be people that live that out in our lives to the glory of Jesus Christ, the one seated high in heaven. Amen.